Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Hey, what's going on? It's Devin Kadiyama. This is our second episode of The Bay. If you haven't subscribed, you can do so right now. We launch on March 6th. Until then, we want to hear what you think of the show and also what you hope we cover in the future. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or you can email me. I'm at dkadiyama at kqed.org. The sun is not up yet. It's, uh, what is it, 4.39 on my clock. I'm tired. And I'm driving up from my apartment in Oakland to the city of Santa Rosa. Last fall, after fires ripped through Northern California, burning thousands of homes, a lot of people were displaced. Some decided to leave. Some found places to stay. Others were forced to the streets. Now, for the first time since the fire, the city is doing its homeless count. How are you today? Can you poke your head out? Do you mind? Yeah. yeah. These tallies happen every year, early in the morning before dawn, so they can find people before they're up. The counts give a sense for who is living on the streets. But this year is different. Did you see people who I were coming in? I have friends that were, lived over there by the fires. And I have friends in Sonoma that had the fires, too, that lost their places. The homeless census won't distinguish between those who lost their home in the fire and those who are already homeless. But many people have already made that distinction. Some wish the attention and the support that showed up after the fire will stick around and help everyone. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. We're going out, make, uh, counting people on the streets and tally everything up and, uh, and uh, see how many are homeless and, and that. This is Jeannie Martin. She's homeless, and she's a paid guide helping with the homeless census because she knows people living on the street and people who've been personally affected by the fires. One friend of mine, they were sleeping there by coals and said they woke up to, to uh, some, uh, they heard the fire and they hurried up and got it, got out of there, but they left their basket, you know, with all their stuff in it. And they had a shopping cart and they left everything. Firefighters, police, and homeless advocates were all handing out food and water and masks to people living on the streets as ash and smoke filled the air. Yeah, the the first week was just, it's nothing I ever want to experience ever again. <laughs> this is Jenny Lynn Holmes. She's the director of Shelter and Housing at Catholic Charities. They're in charge of the homeless count. But I first met her five days after the North Bay fires broke out. A lot of our, uh, you know, 
the donations and the volunteers all went to the evacuation shelters, but the shelters that were open prior to the fire were almost forgotten about. What kind of people were coming into Catholic Charities or just anywhere where you had shelters? Was it people who had lost their homes or was it people who had already been homeless and maybe had been displaced or was it both? It was both. And it was also people, uh, you know, it was, we were seeing people that were coming in for the first time ever that had never, didn't know where to begin. Um, people who were displaced by the fire are not used to, you know, going and knowing where to look to go get a shelter. So they just kind of knew about Catholic Charities would walk in and we would try to triage them the best we could. What's happening uh, as people realize that they lost their home and are looking for options? On November 1st, we started seeing cases coming in where people were getting evicted uh, because their landlord lost their home in the fire and needed to take you know, that unit to live in. And, and again, no fault to the landlord. Either way, there was a family who was homeless. And November 1st, because that would have been the first month that rent was due and when they could start that process. Yeah. So November 1st, rent was due, things like that. But it was also when people started realizing what had happened. That's when people started realizing my home is gone. What am I going to do? And the difficult part for people who are affected on a secondary basis is that they aren't eligible for the things that a primarily affected individual is. And you're talking about like FEMA money. Yeah. FEMA so, money that was immediately used to keep people in their homes. Exactly. So they wouldn't be eligible for FEMA money, insurance money, any of those things. It would just be a normal eviction process that would happen. So they were becoming some of our most vulnerable individuals. About a month after the fire happens, you're seeing this second wave of vulnerable people, people who will soon be evicted or who are being evicted because other people need their homes back in a way. What's happening to the shelter situation as the weeks go on? I distinctly remember walking through a couple of our evacuation shelters, and I remember looking around and seeing literally just hundreds of people and realizing this is how many people are housing insecure in Sonoma County that are one crisis away from homelessness. And it was extremely eye-opening and alarming to see because if these people had anywhere else to be, they would be there and they would not be in an evacuation shelter. And this isn't the normal population that you see yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis. This is These are people who are likely to or maybe possibly going to be your clients or people who you see. That was exactly what basis. struck me. These are people that I did not know, I had never seen, but obviously could become yeah. my population if if we didn't put the right programs in place to get them rehoused. Now, as evacuation orders were lifted, as the weeks continued, those numbers dwindled and dwindled, and that was great to see. Um, but then we still had a lot of very vulnerable people. Was there a sense that there was almost two buckets of homelessness going on, like two streams? One, people who had previously been homeless maybe using services, but def definitely needing services, and then newly homeless people who maybe just lost their, their homes who are, who are being served. Absolutely. Um, and we are trying to fight that in every way possible. But there Why was, fight it? Well, there was, there was because people are people have been displaced, whether they were displaced before the fire or after the fire, they all deserve the same amount of care and love and respect from our community. I was hearing new language like pre-disaster homeless and post-disaster homeless yeah. and new language coming out. And, and in my mind, we can't differentiate between the two. We need to look at everybody and realize we had a housing crisis on October 7th we needed to fix. It's now exacerbated, but we can't forget the problems that we had on October 7th and the individuals who needed us then as well. 
we talked about waves of homelessness coming depending on what's going on we're not are we done with those waves no 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 so what's the next wave so the next waves will begin i think we'll continue to see people trickling into the you know into the homeless system of care because again they no longer can stay doubled up tripled up quadrupled up but we also are going to see people who are low income falling out of the rental market you know, I, I lost my job. I can't pay for um, my rent. Oh, I'm getting an eviction notice. I've got to leave. Sometimes those, most often those people would be able to find another unit somewhere else before the eviction actually happened. Well, I, I, I do feel like a lot of people who had homes who I knew and who I just talked to got a sense for what it was like to maybe lose that home. I mean, yeah. me personally, too. I'm, I'm from Sonoma, and my parents voluntarily evacuated, but it really made me yeah. think in a different way about what home is and how quickly it could kind of disappear. It, is empathy one of the most important things you need as an advocate for homelessness when you're talking about policy changes or, or perceptions or how to deal with it in a city like Santa Rosa? Absolutely. I think empathy is is. The, the, one of the biggest things we need, empathy and compassion to to really put good policy in place and to understand that this is a moral crisis, a health crisis, an economic crisis when you look at the issue of homelessness. And that and at the end of the day, though, all of the data and statistics means nothing because it's really a human being who is suffering. The first few weeks, you have this outpouring over, you know, supply of donations, oversupply of volunteers, this huge growing compassion of people that we're all in this together, we're going to get things done, you know, that Sonoma strong feeling. Um, but you start to see as you start to go back to your normal lives and you start to, you know, get, to, you know, work through the trauma, we start to see some of that go away. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you anytime. And thanks for uh, caring about this issue. Jenny Lynn Holmes wants people to continue thinking about homelessness the way they did after the fires, that anyone can lose their home. The results from the homeless count won't be released until later this year. If she had to guess, Holmes thinks they'll find more people are sleeping in cars and RVs because of the fires. This year, the county is also doing a phone survey to get a better sense of people who might be doubling up or living with friends or family, or who just might be right on the edge of homelessness. The Bay is produced by Vinnie Tong and Erica Aguilar. Our leadership team is Julia McAvoy, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Devin Katayama. You've been listening to The Bay. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. 
And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.